When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. Before we kick off the show, I just wanted to take a moment to remind you that the ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is taking place in Barbados this summer. This, by default, gives all of my fellow cricket fanatics the perfect excuse to go and book a holiday to Barbados in June and experience firsthand the euphoric atmosphere at the Kensington Oval, the cricket mecca of the Caribbean. If the cricket alone isn't enough to tempt you, then let me be the one to remind you that a trip to Barbados can also include leisurely strolls along the breathtaking coastline, mouth-watering flavours of the world-class Bayesian cuisine, and, of course, plenty of rum. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados, the best place to be a cricket fan. Listening to the following on podcast from Talk Sport, live from Bloemfontein, as we look back at South Africa's thrilling 27-run victory over England in the first ODI. And we'll look ahead to the second game of the series, which takes place at the same place, the Mangawang Oval in Bloemfontein tomorrow. I'm Neil Manthorpe, and for every day of this tour, I'll be bringing you a new podcast with exclusive interviews, match reaction, and in-depth analysis from members of the Talk Sport team. On today's podcast, we'll hear exclusively from England opener Jason Roy, who ended a torrid run of form with a magnificent century, the 11th of his career and the third fastest. And we'll also get the take of his captain, Joss Butler. We'll get uh, the view from the South African camp by hearing from their centurion, Rassi van der Dussen, and Proteus fast bowler Sisanda Magala, who took three wickets uh, for the hosts in yesterday's victory. And, of course, we'll hear from the Daily Telegraph's cricket correspondent, Will McPherson, to get his take on yesterday's 27-run defeat. So plenty to come over the next 25 minutes or so. You're listening to Following On. Right, without further ado, let's hear now from the man of the moment, Jason Roy. The England batter scored, as I said, his 11th ODI 100, um, as his 113 helped England get off to a fast start in yesterday's run chase before they ultimately fell 27 runs short. I caught up with him just a little earlier today to reflect on his knock. Well, Jason, you've had a hopefully good night's sleep um, to, to reflect on it. How are you feeling this morning? Uh, yeah, I'm feeling very good, mate. I actually didn't sleep that well. Um, I had about five hours sleep, uh, couldn't get to sleep. I was kind of a uh, bit of a, overcome with a few emotions and stuff like that. It's been a it's been a turbulent few months, and yeah, I woke up really well though. It was uh, it was the best five hours sleep of it. There was a roar of what looked like relief bordering on anger when you when you got to the hundred, rather than the celebration. Then it did look like a lot of emotional outpouring. Yeah, it was. Um, there was a little bit of kind of uh, anger around it all. I kind of set everything into the back of my mind and, and locked a few things away in the, in a cupboard and went out and played the way I 
have played throughout my career um, and which I haven't played like in the last couple so I was frustrated that I hadn't kind of got to that mindset earlier put it that way but I was um, yeah it was, it was a very nice feeling did you ever have any serious doubts like you might be having a sort of Ian Baker Finch career type thing? I don't know who Ian Baker Finch is, but um, if he was uh, if he was having some um, some bad thoughts, then then maybe. But I was, um, man, it's been a horrible year, really. Um, kind of leading into this, it's not how you start the year; it's how you finish it, isn't it? I think I started last year pretty nicely, and then things kind of went downhill from there. So I've just got to stay positive and, and keep pushing. He was a golfer, he won a major and then couldn't hit it again after that. But um, oh, no. <laughs> I, Thankfully, I can still hit it. The backing of Joss Butler and everybody else in the team has been really strong, really profound. Has that been a big big part of your, your continuing to, to get back to form? Uh, yeah, I, I'm, I've got a great relationship with Joss. Um, on the field and off the field, we, we speak very honestly with each other. And spending the last couple of weeks with each other at, the, at this SA20 League is, has helped as well. I've had a lot of thoughts and, and opinions and how I felt my last year has gone. Um, and those conversations were great and it allowed me to kind of free myself up um, for the innings that I just played. And does one innings change everything? No, not at all. Um, absolutely not. I don't see it that way. I've played a lot of games in my career. I've been around for for a while now, and you know, even after a bad year, you can get forgotten quite quickly. So uh, it's a case of keeping pushing, keeping this environment going, and this culture we have in this team, because um, it's a huge year ahead for us in 50 over cricket. And finally, having played such a big role in winning the World Cup, now looking forward to defending it, I guess. Yeah, hopefully, but it's one step at a time, mate. Like I said, it's it's one game into a, to a series, one game into the year um, of international cricket. So got to keep scoring runs and. Like I said, just building this team up to, to the place where we were at back in 2019. England batter Jason Roy speaking to me a little earlier today. And after last night's game, I also spoke to England skipper Joss Butler to discuss Roy's return to form and a first England appearance in 22 months for Jofra Archer. Not the result that you wanted, but um, there were some very uh, obvious positives, uh, not the least of which was Jason Roy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I hope that was a, a fantastic innings from Jason and you know, full of character and, and full of some fantastic shots and intensity and everything we, we sort of uh, associate with him. So um, you know, delighted to see him perform so well today. You know, and he did his job to set us up to, to go on and win the game. So disappointed that we, we couldn't do that for him. It was a roar of uh, what looked like relief rather than celebration from him. It has been a thin time over the last year. Yeah, he's had a bit of a tough time, um, for sure, and um, you know, disappointments of, of not going to the T20 World Cup and those things, and, and they're tough. You know, you, you have tough moments in your career, and so um, you know, the strength of character from him to, to come through that, to come through the sort of run of low scores that he's had. Um, but you know, being around him in the, the SA20, he's been very consistent. He's worked very hard on his game. He's, he's worked very hard on his mindset, and always felt very close a performance like this so um, to come here and do it in an England shirt as well it's a, like you say it's a, a big relief for him I'm sure um, and he should really enjoy that performance today it was, um, it was very deserving of it What about Jofra? I mean he's got through 10 overs but <laughs> appears a frustration for him too Yeah I think um, look, as I said we've got personally um, some low expectations for him it's going to take him some time to you know get back to his best um, he's been out of of the game for for a long time so uh, coming back today to play international cricket um, is another higher step up of intensity get to come back to bowl 10 overs um, having played only a few t20 games at, at four over spells um, you know, maximum so you know, 
he's going to just improve and over time get better and better um, and look we all know that from the outside there'll be high expectations on, on him um, he has high standards himself so um, but look he's just going to improve as you know the more games he gets under his belt and as uh, I just said in there as a England fan and England captain you know when you look ahead to an Ashes and a World Cup um, by the time he gets to those events he's going to have a lot of cricket behind him and, and that's very exciting. And finally a word about the result and the way the game went I mean it seemed like you were controlling South Africa's foot their innings um, it looked like they were good they could have should probably should have scored more you sort of controlled it then an opening stand of 146 so people will say was that a game England lost rather than South Africa won but they're they're a desperate team, as, as you know. I mean, they, they were always going to fight. Yeah, of course, you expect that in international cricket. But, yeah, it's certainly a game we let go. You know, as you said, I think we were very pleased to restrict them to the score uh, that they got. And you know, being 146 for none, uh, chasing um, you know, 298, uh, we should go on ahead there to, to win the game. So that's disappointing, and, and we have to take the learnings from that um, and come back on, on Sunday and, and try and put them right. It's only 36 hours. I would normally say well, that's a bit of a short turnaround, but that's it's normal these days. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, it's, a, it's a quick turnaround, and um, no, that's good. For, we want to get back out there and play, and and uh, we did a lot of things right today. So, um, you know, brush up on the, the things we got wrong, and, and we'll put together a really good performance on Sunday, hopefully. That's England captain Joss Butler speaking to me after their 27-run defeat to South Africa in the first ODI in uh, Bloemfontein. We'll bring you live and exclusive ball-by-ball commentary of the second ODI tomorrow, um, also on TalkSport 2, uh, with the build-up from 7.30am ahead of the first ball at 8am. Once again, I'm delighted to say I'm joined by uh, Daily Telegraph's Will McPherson to reflect on the first one-day international. Um, A game that I put to Josh Butler afterwards was a game that England lost rather than South Africa won, or is is that a harsh view? No, I think any team that's chasing 300-ish and are 146 for none and contrive to lose, by, especially by as much as 29 runs, yeah, I think they, they, they made a mess of it, didn't they? They, they were absolutely cruising uh, and their batting was pretty limp, I thought, actually, England. I know the batting is slightly thrown together um, because a few senior players aren't here, but it was a bit tame. Uh, and Butler was talking about things like conviction and I think actually... My, my my reading that was he was talking as much to himself as anyone else. He he was kind of a quite a tame dismissal. And while he was there, I was very confident England would win. I, I thought that was no problem at all. But when he went, I was looking at the tails, not quite as strong as it has been at other times. A few guys missing down there. Chris Wokes especially is a great chaser. And yeah, I think Butler was reflecting on his own innings as much as the team's performance, especially as he's such a senior player at the moment. What surprised me is that England seemed to start playing the scoreboard, which is something that they have actively moved against you know this play the ball and and bad one hit it for four and keep going keep going but they they seem to look at the scoreboard and go well we need less than five and over we can take our time here yeah and the i would agree with that and the incredibly frustrating thing from my point of view was the number of blokes who got to double figures or or landed a couple of blows if you like you know hit a couple of boundaries or were looking comfortable and then suddenly the ball was up in the air and a south african was just standing under it waiting for it. it it wasn't wise batting from england i think as i mentioned there this this batting order i think if they go to a world cup with a batting order it looks anything like this they don't stand a chance of defending their title they've obviously got people to come back in notably Bearstow and root but i think they need to beef up that middle order in in 2019 butler was at six stokes at five 
Moen at seven is a force, but Moen at six at the moment feels very high to me. A lot of these guys, one of the things about them in ODIs is that they exist on a diet of T20 these days. For guys who don't play test cricket, just play T20 really, because domestic 50 over cricket doesn't exist anymore. So the kind of volume of balls they have in their cricketing diet isn't really there. And I think you can see it a little bit in some of them. Moen especially, he, he doesn't play long innings anymore. They don't, they're not available to him. And, and yesterday he did need to knock, didn't knock it about for 50, 50 balls or so and get 40 runs and just get the job finished. So I do worry a little bit about that. And the balance for side without Stokes, is they, they struggled to balance the side without a, a batter in the top five. So, so a bowler in the top five in, in Stokes. So they've got a few headaches. For, it's not just for results, actually, which are, which are suddenly a little bit of a problem. They've lost their last four, and they had a poor summer in ODIs last year as well. It's not just for the results that are a problem. I think they've got a few balance issues they need to work out, and they've got you know, a couple of games here. I still, don't, you know, I still stand by the fact that I think they'll win these last two games and win the series. I think they're good enough to do that. But they, um, they've got a few bits to sort out, I think. Right, time to talk Jason Roy. Uh, we've just spent uh, 20 minutes with him uh, and it would have been very easy for him to, to stroll in puffy-chested and said, I never had any doubts, but that's not what he did. No, not at all. There's, and there's also times when Roy is, just as he is on the cricket field, slightly petulant. Uh, he can be a petulant interviewee, I think. He can be a little bit sharp, a little bit... You know, you're on eggshells a little bit around Roy sometimes, not all, every time, but he sung like a canary today. It was beautiful, actually, to watch a guy clearly liberated by the experience he'd had last night. He, he said one of the first things he said, as you'll hear on the, on the pod, is that he, he didn't really sleep very well last night, but that's because he was soaking it all up and taking it all in. He's going to get, have had thousands of messages, I'm sure, and it was a really brilliant innings. That was Roy back to his best. He's been a long way short of that for a long time but this is 79 ball 100 and I looked it up that's only his, he's, he's got 11 ODI 100s now that was his third fastest so he's got two quicker than that that's a reminder of how good he is and why they want to stick with him his average is north of 40 he strikes at 106 and he's done it for 100 games his partnership with Johnny Versto is up there with the all-time greats you know I wouldn't I'm not going to say it's the best ever because I think that's probably recency bias but it, you know it's one of the greats England were prepared to wait for this and they've got it and now they've got justification to take him to Bangladesh in March and probably give him the summer tour as well uh, sorry summer series as well and that's not until September and I, I'd be very surprised now if Roy doesn't make it to the World Cup he seemed mature when we spoke to him today he's clearly been through some really difficult moments over last year and actually it seemed to me like a lot of them stem away start away from the field you know his and then maybe his cricketing struggles fed into them but somewhere around the world cup last year which must have the t20 world cup which he was left out of obviously must have been an incredibly painful experience but sometime around there he's kind of come through the other side is settling a bit, and and I think last night's innings was was the the product of that. I'd like to see him back it up because one swallow, etc. But he he looked he looked in terrific form yesterday, uh, and it, it was it was through no fault of his that England lost that game. He was probably the one, him and yeah, Sam Curran bowled beautifully, but he was the he was the one outstanding performer. And now it's time to talk Joffre Archer. I think in, in, in days to come or weeks to come or maybe months to come, we, we might look back and, and reflect with a wry smile because it just seemed that the harder he tried, um, the more um, it, things went wrong. And he was sort of floundering and, uh, and you could see he was really trying hard and he was 
extremely cross. That was his most expensive analysis in his career. It was the first time he went for 20 uh, in, an, in an over. And yet, you know, you can hardly say he bowled badly. No, I wouldn't say he bowled badly at all. Uh, I was really glad the wicket came, actually, in, in his 10th over. The, I think it was 49th innings. He, um, he didn't celebrate it. He looked... A little peeved, actually, by the whole thing, but he had his captain run 40 yards to give him a little hug and say congratulations, and I think that will have helped. That, 20, that ninth over, which went for 20, will have been a really tough experience. He was trying, as you say, he was trying things in that over for the first time. He'd, I think until then, he'd, I think he'd probably only bowled one slower ball until that point. Everything else had been in that kind of steady 84 to 89 miles an hour, which, we, as, we, as we know, is one gear below his top gear we know what he's capable of but I felt like he was just trying to get through it a bit which is totally fine I think that would have been the instructions from England don't break yourself here just get through it you're still a good bowler but operating at that sort of speed but then in the in his ninth over at the death he was like well at this stage I've got set batsmen in I need to try and deceive them a little bit I need to bowl some slower balls and it resulted in a front foot no ball and then a waist high no ball and things just got away from him uh, that was quite painful to watch. I think um, I'd be surprised if he plays in the second game tomorrow. I think workload-wise that is asking a lot. But I think I really hope he just has a slightly better day in Kimberley on Wednesday because I, I, I don't want him to become... I, I, he, he is hard on himself and he spoke this week about being well aware of the expectation on him this week and how people would be judging his return quite heavily but actually, I don't think people are judging it as heavily as he thinks they are. Obviously, there's going to be people out there who go, oh, he's useless, he's busted flush, he's going to get injured again. But I think most sensible observers will say it's his first 50-over game back. He's, bowled, he's fielded for 50-overs. He's bowled 10 of them in three different spells. It's pretty hard work given what he's come back from. He's, he was not flattered by his figures. I thought they were, you know, they were a little bit harsh on him, his figures. 81 runs is a lot. Uh, and, a, you know, the, the early spell, I think he was five overs for 40-odd. And, you know, Bavuma got a lucky top edge, which flew for six, and a couple like that. I thought he bowled a lot better than his figures. I'm not set for a second saying he was anywhere near his best, but it's just a step on that road. I think England have worked out how to manage him a bit better, and uh, they're just looking towards the ashes in the World Cup uh, and getting him to those competitions somewhere towards his best. So, yeah, it's a step in the right direction, even if the, the figures maybe don't look like it. It feels a strange thing to say, but I really do believe that. And finally, just a very quick word about South Africa, um, who have been, um, as a team, uh, represented by Rassi van der in his press conference after the game, uh, pretty um, snarky and, and feisty about uh, their approach, which to many people looks um, a little outdated. Approach with the bat, that is. Joss Butler said that they, England were delighted that t- they kept South Africa under 300. It looked like 330-340 was, was a par score. I think South Africa may have got lucky that England messed up uh, the run chase. But they, they, they have the, the armoury. They have the, the Miller and the Klaas and, and, and the Funadusson himself who I, I thought was a, a bit ploddy um, during his 100. I mean, you know, 100's 100. But it, it was a kind of 100 that might have cost them the game. Do they look outdated to you is what I'm asking? Uh, a, li- a little bit. Uh, I think they've got some serious talent, like white ball talent. We talk a lot about the test team being in, in, a, in a state of flux would probably be generous, but the, um, in, a, in a poor state, really. But the, I think that one-day talent, and having watched a lot of the SA20 as well, this has been kind of confirmed to me I think what they've got is in that top six they're probably still they've still probably got one gentle player too many whether you know I, I look at Bavuma 
Markram and Van der Dussen, I'm not sure you can carry all three of them in your top four or top five, uh, which they currently are. Uh, I think you need one more genuinely explosive player who can score a 70-ball 100 uh, in there. Van der Dussen's obviously this pr- truly prolific run scorer and he seems to particularly love facing England in ODIs, but whether he's doing it quite quick enough, I don't know. I think if you're going to be there, if you're going to be getting out as late in the innings as he did yesterday, maybe you want your analysis to be slightly more runs than balls, whereas he's more balls than runs. Um, but I, I think that, yeah, I think they're batting... It is maybe not adventurous enough to, to win a World Cup at the moment. But I'm pretty sure, I'm feeling more confident now that they're going to get there. Uh, I don't even, I think there's no danger of that. We need one more win in this series and then two, two in the other one. But even if they have to go to the qualifier, they're going to get through the qualifier. But I, yeah, I don't think maybe the, the batting has that brutal enough edge yet to, to win a World Cup. The other thing about their batting at the moment is that it, it's sort of stops at number seven and a half doesn't it um, they don't go all the way down Parnell can do a job uh, I'm not sure he can do the job that Marco Janssen maybe could but um, and certainly there's more upside to Janssen in, at the different stages of their careers but you know with Miller at six I, I'd be I'd be wondering about Miller at five and, and uh, say a Stubbs at six to, to, to add that extra explosive player and also ask a bit more of David Miller he's a hell of a player he's one of the you know one of the best in this format in the world and yesterday it was a little, again, a little bit 50 off 50, wasn't it? It was, it was more, come on, let's have you blast 70 or 40. Like, we're really, you know, really go for it. So, yeah, I think it is slightly outdated, but they're, they're, they're doing all right against England at the moment. They beat them last summer uh, in the white ball formats and they, um, they won the first game here. So, yeah, perhaps it does work, but I just feel maybe, maybe they could take a, a slightly greater leaf out of England's book and, and, and have one more aggressive player. Thank you very much. We go again tomorrow. Pleasure. You're listening to the following on podcast from TalkSport, live from Bloemfontein as we build up to tomorrow's second one-day international between South Africa and England. Next up, we'll focus on the hosts and hear from their centurion, Rassi van der Dussen and fast bowler, Sisanda Magala. Millions of people have lost weight with personalised plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The following on podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. If your passion for travel is on par with your passion for cricket, then I have some excellent news. The ICC Men's Cricket T20 World Cup Final is being hosted in Barbados this June, which makes it the perfect destination for your summer holidays this year. To make the most of your trip, you can also experience eight matches from the series in Barbados, including 
England against Scotland and England against Australia. In under a month's time, you could be spending your days exploring the vibrant streets of Bridgetown, drinking rum in the sunshine and experiencing exotic Bayesian delicacies in the culinary capital of the Caribbean. There truly is something for everyone. There's no need to wait a second longer. Head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today to book the trip of a lifetime to Barbados. Truly the best place to be a cricket fan. Bongani Yale is the standing umpire. And he says, let's play. And David Willey's going to get us underway. Outside of Austin, Quentin the Cox carves through points. And away for four. First runs of the innings. Tossed up again. And is this going to go to the fielder? It is. Superb catch by Sam Curran. Ollie Stone is into the uh, bowling. And he's got a wicked first ball. That's a dreamy cover drive there by Van der Dussen. It means that he reaches 50 again. Frightening consistency from him. Oh, and almost, almost pulled in by Ollie Stone, diving one-handed down there on the fence at long off. Takes the single. He's 100 knots out from 110 balls. Curran is in full, and Van der Dussen could be about to perish, and does perish. And that is the end of that. South Africa finished 298 for seven as... Jason Roy smashes at Markram up over long off for the first at six of the inning. Right time over McGoll. He's gone short. Milan's got underneath this. He's dropped his head because it goes straight to the boomer at mid-off. Who takes the catch? South Africa have their breakthrough and they can celebrate a second wicket because Duckett has nicked off against Norkia. Fingers gone up from Erasmus. What a huge wicket! Harry Brook, a three-ball duck. Norkia, that's an edge, that is Butler. Caught behind. Norkia has his second. Now then, it is game on. This is straight, has shipped up to the bowler, and it's gone straight back to Shamsi. They have pulled off a heist in Bloemfontein. They have beaten England. They've taken the 10th wicket, and they have won the first ODI, beating England by 27 runs. You're listening to the following on podcast from TalkSport. I'm Neil Manthorpe, live from Bloemfontein, building up to the second ODI between South Africa and England with every ball of the series live and exclusive on TalkSport 2. OK, let's hear now from South African batter Rusty van der Dussen, who scored his fourth ODI century and second against England um, in yesterday's first ODI. He also has the second highest average of any batter in ODI history. Here's what he had to say about his innings yesterday. Whenever you beat England, it, it, I think it gives you great confidence. They're obviously the world champions, and yeah, the, the way they've been playing in the last few years um, to beat them is yeah, it's always a feather in our cap as a team. So we're not really thinking about that qualification. Whatever happens, if you know, if we need to go qualify, we will qualify. If if not, if we end up winning two or three more games in these last four or five, then you know, then then that's that's also okay. So. Um, we're taking it game by game, and I think um, yeah, the the sort of resolve the guys came showed today after there's been a lot happening in the last two weeks with SA20 and and that um, yeah the way the guys came out and just sort of refocused on on what we want to achieve this week was was unbelievable. And we end the show by hearing from South African fast bowler Sisanda Magala. He took three for 46 in his nine overs in yesterday's first ODI. 
and was instrumental in South Africa's fight back. I got his reaction uh, after that thrilling win for the Proteas. Sander, what an amazing evening. What an incredible result. Did you think for much of that run chase that he was struggling to get in the game? No. It was the situation. Tim was a very good captain in terms of assessing the situation and where he wants to put his... Uh, pieces to the puddle uh, pieces to the puzzle so um, today it worked out very well and um, surely or the game on Sunday things will be different where did it change was there a, a moment I mean uh, um, Timber was juggling his bowlers as you say he was working out plans but where did it switch I think um, after the, the drinks break or just before the drinks break guys sat down in the huddle and just saying look here guys we need to build some dots and create some pressure and see if, if we can get a wicket so that's what we ultimately did after the drinks period that was our goal for that let's say eight to ten overs to try and build up that much pressure and we were able to get those breakthroughs and allowed us to keep on getting wickets at a steady rate so which allowed us to win the game at the end the opening stand of 146 between jason roy and darwin milan did was there was there something i missed with the bowling or did those two just take it to you um they good batters like they are exceptional batters the way they batted um, the way they put the bad ball away. Yes, we didn't start the way we wanted to, but they still put those bad balls away. So making a chasing 299, getting, getting off to a fly like that. So just really a bit of pressure for us, you know what I mean? But we knew the only way we could win the game was to get wickets. So we just have to find a plan of how we can get those wickets. And today we were fortunate enough to get those wickets and win the game. A word about England's approach over the last couple of years. I mean, they've been fearless with the bat. You know, they always say they don't look at the scoreboard. They just go full guns black. But it did seem like they started to play the scoreboard a little bit. Um, I think it was more the pitch. The pitch was very up and down. Skid some, some skid some, keep low. Um, there's lots of natural variation on the wicket. And the bounces, the bounces, some really went, some really didn't. So I think those type of balls, the conditions really... Not saying it changed their mindset, it just it made us feel a, bit, a little more comfortable in terms of we can explore more in terms of what we wanted to do in our, in our bowling. Um, and as I said, we were fortunate enough to come away with the victory tonight. So, yeah, hope it works again. Finally, how much has the team or the squad spoken about what's at stake here with World Cup qualification? Uh, we really haven't spoken too much about that. Um, I think it's new change, new management. So I think they're trying to imprint their own blueprint and make sure everything is going where we want pro tiers cricket to go so there's still a long way to go um still of like i'm not gonna say it's uncertain but until everything's let's say everything's clarified and then things will be like everyone will know where they stand and where we heading as a team i think that'll be much more clearer path and from there guys could actually say um whatever they want to say in terms of what direction the team's heading so still in the dock still too early but still looking forward to it that's South Africa's fast bowler Sisanda Magala speaking to me after last night's first ODI which saw South Africa go 1-0 up in the series with that thrilling 27 run win we'll be back with Mark Butcher and the team tomorrow morning from 7.30am on TalkSport 2 for all the build up to our live and exclusive commentary of the second ODI from Bloemfontein but for now This has been another edition of Following On. The Following On podcast is proudly sponsored by Barbados Tourism. And this is your gentle reminder that Barbados is the best place to be a cricket fan. 
With eight matches from the ICC Men's T20 Cricket World Cup Series taking place in Barbados this summer, including the final, you can experience the summer of a lifetime by booking today. Aside from immersing in world-class cricket in the sunshine, Barbados is the dream destination for all travel enthusiasts. It is where adventure meets paradise, the culinary capital of the Caribbean, and better still, the birthplace of rum. If you're keen to unite with cricket fans across the globe for what is set to be an unforgettable summer, then head to visitbarbados.org forward slash cricket today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.